Hello, this is Yusra from newsrondi.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 13th of September. India has reported 27,254 new coronavirus cases and 219 deaths in the last 24 hours. The cases on Monday are 4.6% lower, which is 1,337 less than Sunday. India's total debt toll rose to over 4.42 lakh. The current recovery rate stands at 97.51%, while the positivity rate stands at 1.33%. Kerala continues to consistently record the highest numbers, recording 20,240 cases on Monday alone. India has administered over 74 crore COVID vaccine doses, with 53 lakh COVID vaccines administered on Sunday alone. According to Health Minister Mansukh Mandviya, five states and union territories, Goa, Himachal Pradesh, Sikkim, Dadra and Nagar Haveli, Daman and Diu, and Lakshadweep have administered their first doses to all adults. According to John Hopkins University, COVID-19 has globally affected more than 22.46 crore people and killed more than 46.30 lakh since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. According to a Guardian report, in the UK, the Pandemic Institute, an institute where new vaccines will be tested, is scheduled to launch on Monday. Located in Liverpool, it aims at preventing pandemics in the future. Citing national security reasons, the central government on Monday, 13th September, told the Supreme Court that it cannot file a detailed affidavit in the case related to the alleged Pegasus snooping, reported NDTV. The union government had sought time to file a further response to the pleas during the hearing of the case earlier on the 7th of September from a three-member bench headed by Chief Justice of India, N.V. Ramana. However, on Monday, the 13th of September, the union government refused to provide details in an affidavit requesting that a committee of domain experts be formed instead to look into the filed petitions. Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana stated that the court would be forced to pass an order in light of the government's disinclination to file an affidavit. According to Barin Bench, he said, "We had given fair opportunity to center to make a statement. Now they don't want to file an affidavit." So we will pass an order like that. What to do? The court then declared that it would pass an interim order in the next few days. The Supreme Court on 17th August had issued notice to the union government on the various petitions filed before it regarding the use of the Pegasus spyware against Indian citizens. The affidavit filed by the government a day before the first 17th August hearing said that the pleas before the court were based on conjectures and surmises or on other unsubstantiated media reports or incomplete or uncorroborated material. However, notably, it did not include a denial of the purchase and or usage of the spyware in question by the government or government agencies. For a detailed insight into the Pegasus snooping case, go to newslaundry.com and read Anna Priyadarshini's latest report titled Pegasus Hearing in Supreme Court. Center says it has nothing to hide but refuses to file affidavit. And if you see merit in the report out of stories that hold those in power accountable, Then don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the top right hand corner of the website and power our work. We can thrive only with your support. We bring to you ground reports, podcasts, videos, interviews and a lot more with the help of our subscribers who fund us because we don't depend on corporations or advertisements as we are an independent news platform. So please consider paying to keep news free. Lowest subscriptions start at just rupees 300 a month only. According to Hemant Nagrale, City Commissioner of Mumbai Police, the Sakinaka rape and murder accused Mohan Chauhan has confessed to his crime. Mohan claimed that he knew the woman and that she had demanded certain things from him as the argument broke between the two. 
he raped and assaulted her. The police has also recovered the weapons that were used by him. According to an India Today report, the woman was raped and assaulted in Mumbai's Sakinaka area. The victim, who was in her 30s, was found in a critical condition inside a Tempo van and died soon after being hospitalized. The police have claimed that they would finish the investigation in 15 days and a charge sheet will be filed in one month. Lawyer Raj Thakre was appointed as a special public prosecutor for the case. The police have collected strong evidence like digital files including CCTV footage. According to News 18, Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre has announced aid of Rs 20 lakh to the family of the woman. Jet Airways is all set to resume its domestic operations by the first quarter of 2022, according to the Hindustan Times. The airline, which has been grounded for the last two years, said that its first flight would be from New Delhi to Mumbai and by the third and fourth quarter of next year, their international operations will be functional too. The company also stated that the process of reviving the grounded carrier is on track with the existing air operator certificate already under process for revalidation. In April 2019, despite being India's biggest private carrier, Jet Airways was forced to halt its operations owing to mounting losses. It left thousands without jobs after it ran out of cash and owed billions to lenders. The airline in June revealed that the National Company Law Tribunal NCLT had approved a resolution plan that was submitted by a consortium of London-based Calrock Capital and the proposed non-executive chairman of Jet Airways, Murari Lal Jalan, a UAE-based businessman. All creditors are expected to be settled as per the plan in the coming months. Jet Airways used to operate a flight of more than 120 planes and served dozens of domestic and international destinations such as Singapore, London, and Dubai. In its new form, the airline will be headquartered in Delhi NCR with its senior management working from the corporate office at Gurgaon. It has already hired 150 full-time employees and is looking for another 1000 employees in financial year 2021-2022 across all categories. The Tamil Nadu Assembly passed the Tamil Nadu Admission to Undergraduate Medical Degree Courses Bill on Monday, the 13th of September, against the National Eligibility Come Entrance Test or NEET for students of the Tamil Nadu state. The bill that MK Stalin, Tamil Nadu's chief minister, had introduced against NEET in the assembly earlier in the morning also seeked permanent exemption from the union government medical entrance for the students studying in Tamil Nadu. The first party to support the bill was All India Dravida Munnareta Kazagam party, while the only party opposing the bill was the Bharatiya Janata Party that staged a walkout. The government in its statement said that the bill will provide admission to undergraduate medical degree courses on the basis of marks obtained in the qualifying examinations through normal methods. This will ensure social justice, uphold equality and equal opportunity while protecting all vulnerable student communities from being discriminated against, the government added. The bill was introduced one day after 20-year-old boy Dhanush died by suicide over the fear of failing the NEET exam for the third time. The state has reported multiple cases of suicides from students with economically weaker backgrounds who despite scoring high marks in class 12th were not able to crack the exam. The central government is said to have rejected the Indian Institute of Technology's plea for exemption from the implementation of reservation in senior faculty posts and permission to continue with their policy of de-reserving posts after a year they fall vacant for unavailability of suitable candidates, reported the Telegraph. The Parliamentary Committee on the Welfare of Scheduled Castes and Scheduled Tribes was informed by the Department of Higher Education under the Union Education Ministry that it would not exempt the IITs from the quota law. 
headed by BJP leader Kirat P Solanki the committee had earlier met with the department of higher education officials where they discussed the recommendations of a panel comprising IIT directors that was appointed by the government for suggesting measures for effective implementation of reservation and faculty recruitment in the IITs headed by IIT Delhi director Ram Gopal Rao this panel had recommended that these institutions should be exempted from reservation under central educational institutions act 2019 Instead, it proposed addressing the diversity issues through outreach campaigns and targeted recruitment of faculty. The committee had also suggested the continuation of the de-reservation of reserved posts after a year if they could not be filled for lack of suitable candidates from the scheduled castes, scheduled tribes, other backward classes or economically weaker sections. The IITs have been advertising reserved posts and de-reserving them a year later if suitable candidates cannot be found. The print had reported in February 2019 on the diversity deficit in these higher educational institutions saying that across 23 IITs including new and old only 9% of the current faculty are either from the scheduled castes scheduled tribes or other backward castes North Korea tested its first successful strategic long range cruise missile that is its first weapon with nuclear capability It came one day before chief nuclear negotiators from the United States, South Korea and Japan met in Tokyo to explore ways to break the standoff with North Korea. According to the Korean Central News Agency, the missiles are strategic weapons of great significance and flew 1500 kilometers before they hit their targets and fell into the country's territorial waters during testing. The latest tests highlighted steady progress in Pyongyang's weapons program amid a gridlock over talks aimed at dismantling the North's nuclear and ballistic missiles program in return for US sanctions relief. The talks have stalled since 2019. According to the agency France Press, Russian tennis player Daniel Medvedev defeated Novak Djokovic in the US Open final in New York. Djokovic was bidding for the first calendar year Grand Slam in men's tennis since 1969. He had won 27 out of 28 matches in 2021 and needed just one more to win the Grand Slam title. Djokovic had earlier defeated Medvedev in Australian Open final on hard court in February. Medvedev defeated Djokovic using the same techniques as his own by 6-4, 6-4 and 6-4. Reflecting on his heartbreaking loss, Djokovic said, The build up for this tournament and everything that mentally emotionally I had to deal with throughout the tournament in the last couple of weeks was just a lot. It was a lot to handle. Apart from the Grand Slam title, Djokovic also missed out on a fourth US Open title and his 21st career Grand Slam title. That's all the news we have for you today. Keep safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.